Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I just want to say I'm sorry for the lack of videos lately. I'm in the process of moving, so that's kind of holding things back a bit. I should be back on the daily content sometime later this week. I'll be moved into my place very soon, so hopefully things will resume to normal very soon. I'm also sorry this video is a little shorter than my usual stuff, but I hope you still enjoy it. One of the stories in this video isn't your typical scary story. It's more of a survival story out in the woods. But I thought it was still interesting and good enough to put in a video. All that being said, I hope you enjoyed this video. And if you have your own personal scary story, be sure to send it my way at southerncannibal.com. Well, let's go ahead and get into these stories. So, I'm from the UK. I'm 20 years old now, but when the story took place, I was 14. I'm a female for context. I became quite developed at an early age, so I'd get a lot of attention from creepy older men. Nothing more though than the odd cat call here and there, but this story is different. So, at the time, I was dating a boy that lived quite far away from me. I was visiting him on this day, and we had spent the day together. I realized that it was getting dark and that I needed to head home. I usually walked it back home, as I didn't really mind the walk, as it only took me about 40 minutes. So I headed off at around 8pm. On the way back, there was this gas station, so I headed inside there to get a drink. While I was in there, I saw a guy, he looked to be in his 40s I'd say, blackish hair with a few grays in there, and about 6'3". I didn't really pay too much attention to him because he was paying for some stuff when I got in there. Anyways, I grabbed myself a Coca-Cola and headed to pay. I paid for it and left, and now that same guy was sitting in his car, just fiddling around with some stuff so I didn't really think twice about it again. I continued to head home, and it was around a 15-minute walk now. I was walking down a path next to a road, and I saw a car's lights behind me. Then I heard a car slowing down right beside me. I'm not gonna lie, I've always been super paranoid and anxious about these kinds of situations, but I didn't want to just assume the person was going to kidnap and kill me, you know? But I then heard a guy shout from his window, asking me if I can come over. I turned to look at who was talking to me, and it was that same guy from the gas station. I felt a little more nervous now, because my mind started to question why I decided to come after me now to ask something, instead of asking back there. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He asked me if I needed to ride home because it was getting really dark and he noticed I didn't have a coat on, so I must be cold. I told him that's okay, and that my house wasn't too far away from here. He just kept persisting that he really didn't mind driving me, but I just kept saying thank you, but no, I'm okay. So, I continued walking. Walking a little quicker now. Now, I should have mentioned this earlier, but there was a shortcut they cut through this woodland area. I needed to walk up this path and follow through the wooded area and then come out five minutes from my house. So I saw the path ahead of me when I was walking 
Now, I thought it would be okay because it wasn't near the road at all. I turned to the path and headed into the woods. As I was walking through, I could have sworn I heard a noise from behind me. Now, I was freaking out already. The encounter already had me a little cautious, and I was worried that he might have gotten out to follow. But I just tried to tell myself that maybe he was just trying to be friendly. Wrong thinking, I know now. I heard a shout come from behind me, and it was that same guy's voice. Hey, I was just trying to be nice. You don't have to be so rude and walk away like a bitch. I felt my blood turn cold. I was sure he didn't see me, yet it was really dark where I was at. I saw a stone on the ground, carefully picked it up, and then threw it far off to the left. I heard fast footsteps run towards the noise, so I tried to move quickly, but without creating too much noise. I felt like I'd ran for miles, even though I was quickly walking. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was so scared, and my chest was burning. I heard him still shout. Oi, it's okay. I just want to talk. I thought you looked so sexy in those leggings. Your ass just looks so good. I honestly felt like I was going to vomit. I knew now that it was going to be really, really bad if he caught me. I was still continuing to walk slowly away. Now, if you're from the UK, you probably know that there's glass everywhere. On paths, forests, fields, anywhere. Usually from teen boys and girls sneaking out to drink alcohol and with smashed bottles. And so I saw some glass on the ground. I honestly don't know how I saw it, but I did. I then picked up a piece, hoping I wouldn't need to use it. I kept on going and going, and I didn't really hear him anymore. So I felt myself start to calm down. That was until I then heard him running from behind me. This is a feeling that I'll never forget. That pure horror of hearing fast footsteps from behind me, but no words. Nothing apart from feet hitting leaves and sticks. I'm not gonna lie. I screamed. It was such a genuine fear. I just started running as fast as I could and dropped the Coca-Cola I was holding. When watching horror movies... I would always get so annoyed at all the characters falling over and stuff. But having to run away, running on fear and adrenaline, your legs really do feel like jelly, feeling like you can't find any sort of balance. But unfortunately, I then felt a hand grab some of my hair and yank me back. The guy was leaning over me, breathing heavily, trying to catch his breath. I tried to scream. My throat and chest felt like they were on fire. I went to go scream, and I felt his hand over my mouth, and his other hand on my thigh, moving up to the top of my leggings. That's when I then remembered that I had the glass in my hand. I stabbed it into his hand that was covering my mouth. He let out a loud scream, and then moved back for a second. This was all I needed, and I ran for it. I heard him call me all sorts of names, and then heard him stand up. But I then finally saw the end of the path and ran right for it. I felt like I was going even faster than before. I was crying, my chest hurting, my legs aching, but I just ran the extra five minutes home. When I got inside, I just fell to the floor. I felt like I was going to suffocate, like there was no more air that I could breathe. 
my mom came running downstairs, asking if I was okay and what happened. I couldn't even talk. I was crying and choking. She then sat me up, telling me to calm down and to catch my breath. When I finally managed to do that, I told her everything, and she told me she'd call the police. They eventually came, and I told them what happened, but I didn't even look at his number plate, and I didn't know what car it was. All I really knew was what he looked like. They told me they'd look around the area, but unfortunately, nothing really ever came of it. That was such a horrifying experience, and I never wanted to walk alone again, and I never took that path either. It took me years to finally feel comfortable again. To everyone out there, if it's late, please call someone or get someone to pick you up or walk with you. Hopefully everyone stays safe, and I really hope that I never have to see that guy again. My father, a bus driver, had a run for many years from Timmins to Cochrane, Ontario. One day, he was just doing his regular run, bringing passengers to Cochrane. Most of the passengers were tourists who would take the train up to James Bay. More or less, an expensive tourist trip in my opinion. The worst thing is the name of the train, Polar Bear Express. Yeah. No polar bears in Moosonee. One giant statue of a bear and a polar bear in a rehabilitation center for orphaned or injured polar bears in Cochrane. Halfway between Timmins and Cochrane, a thin, scruffy, and dirty man with old torn and wet clothes appeared on the highway. If you look on the map, you'll see that there is not much north of Timmins besides bush and swamp. My father at first hesitated to stop for the man that was waving him down. He didn't want to leave a man in the middle of nowhere, but dreaded to let some stinky old bum on his bus and then stink up the bus. But nevertheless, he stopped. The man ran to the bus and quickly started to speak. He was talking very fast, and my father was at first unable to understand what he was saying. Then, my father realized that he was speaking French. Not a French-Canadian French, but French-European. To compare the local French to French French, it's like comparing U.S. Southern English to U.K. English. My father slowly started to understand the man. Well, as it turns out, the man had been lost for well over a month in the brush. He was never reported missing because he was supposed to go camping for a month. As my father and other passengers helped him to get dry, clean clothes, and share their food with them, my father resumed driving to catch the train. The man then told his story to my father. He had been studying survival skills for years, and he intended to put those skills to the test. He wanted to spend a month alone in the woods. I'd also like to add that this was well before Survivor Man, and all the other survival shows that were on TV were even a thing. He went northeast of Timmins and parked his car, hiked for a few hours, and then set him camp near a lake. A few hours later, he heard some noise, and he spotted a truck going down a dirt road near his camp. He packed up, took his map and compass bearing, and then kept hiking to find a place more isolated. After a four or five hour walk, he then set up camp yet again. He went to the lake to get water, 
and he spotted fishermen. So he packed up yet again, and once again went further into the brush. That's when he then saw people on quads, so he kept going further, doing bushwhacking to try and get away from all of the traces of civilization. Well, he found it. For the first two days, he was reading his books, identifying eatable plants, setting traps to catch small animals, as well as keeping a fire going. On the third day, he went to a stream to get water, where he then heard some noise. Thinking it was people again, and thinking he would have to go further, he realized something. It wasn't humans who were causing the ruckus, It was a mother black bear and her cubs, and they decided to eat his food rations and rummage through his pack. They tore up all his topographical maps, tore up his bag with clothing and sleeping bag, and broke his compass. He just stood at a distance until the unwanted visitors finally left. He then went to the campsite and tried to salvage what he could. He also tried to retrace his way to civilization, He survived nearly 30 days in an area that was infested with mosquitoes that could easily drive any man mad. Swampy terrain, thick, dense forest with just a hunting knife, water bottles, and a bottle of iodine tablets. He also lucked out for the weather. A few years prior, the town of Cochrane, Ontario actually had snowfall on July 1st, Canada Day. He was even more lucky that he came close enough to the highway and was actually able to hear the rumbling of trucks. From there, he followed the sound of the occasional vehicles stumbled onto the highway and flagged down my father. It was funny. The man told my father, It really took me days to get away from people. It seemed like it took an eternity to find any traces of human activity. I know this isn't the typical scary story, But just imagine what he went through, and what would have happened if he didn't survive. One night me and my mom were coming back from church. The church that we went to was about 45 minutes away from where I lived. I lived pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and the closest town was 25 minutes away. Since we lived so far out... Me and my mom had set a routine for Wednesday night when we went to go to church. We would leave at around 8 and then get home around 9.30 because we'd also go somewhere after church to go get dinner or a snack of some sort. Now, we lived next to two cornfields, one on each side of the house. On the cornfield going home, there's a dirt road that leads back into the woods where the farmer who owns those fields live at. He works in the morning, then at night, so when we saw a truck on the dirt road sitting there, we thought it was pretty out of the ordinary. When me and my mom were about to pass the dirt road, the truck suddenly turned on and started speeding towards us. My mom passed our house and turned on a different road that wasn't where we lived, and the truck kept on going by. So my mom pulled in the house and then backed up to head back to our house. Not even a minute afterwards, the truck came back, speeding towards us yet again. My mom started heading to town instead of our house, and we did eventually lose the truck. We found a sheriff sitting at a McDonald's on his late patrol. My mom told him what happened, and she asked if he would follow us back home. 
He said that he would stay nearby though, but if we had any trouble, he would be there as soon as possible. For the next two hours, nothing really happened. I had already took my shower and fed my dog, and I was laying down in my bed at this point. Since I couldn't sleep in my room comfortably, my mom and I moved my bed into the living room for me to sleep in. Keep that in mind as it's going to be important for later. We placed my bed beside the window, furthest from the door, where the sun could wake me up when it came up. I was just about to sleep when my little dog came out from under the covers and started barking at the window. Now, this was unordinary, because we did have bats that would come and hit the windows at night, but she then started growling as if something was there. So I give it a minute, and I calmed her down a little bit, but she still kept having a low growl. That's when I then heard a tapping, like someone was tapping at the window. At first, I thought it was just a tree, but it was that kind of tapping like someone was there trying to get your attention. I would then hear the tapping about three times, then a small pause, and then it would start up again. I took out my phone and I turned the flashlight on. I opened the curtains, and to my utter disbelief, there was a man, a tall skinny pale man looking straight at me. We made eye contact, and then he held up a key. It was the same spare key that we keep under the welcome mat outside. He was holding it and smirking. I ran into my mom's room crying and screaming, telling her what happened and what I saw. She ran to grab her gun and we hid in her room. She then called 911. The same sheriff from earlier was there in less than 8 minutes. We told him what happened and that's when he told us on the way here that he saw that same truck about a mile away from us. Another officer went and checked it out and one of the tires was blown. So they think the person driving and the person at the window might have been the same person. There was no license plate or anything, but what they found in the glove box still gives me chills to this day. Inside of the glove box, they found photos of me and my mom coming home from church at exactly 9.30 for the past three weeks. There was also a photo of my room when me and my mom weren't at the house and he was in my house in my room, which explains how he knew that I wasn't in there but in the living room. They believed that he had been coming in and out for quite some time now, but that since his truck couldn't go anymore, he decided to reveal himself to me. I gave a description of the man, but they couldn't ID or find him. After that, we got our locks changed, and we no longer leave a spare key outside. This happened when I was 12, and I'm 17 now. But I often wonder, what would have happened if the sheriff wasn't close by like he was? And if the man decided to come in the house instead of tapping on the window to let me know he was there? It still gives me chills just thinking about it.